0: we don't all have the same lived experiences and coming into kind of life with the same privileges is a very important thing to um, always have in the back of your head.
1: Do you ever have so many questions and no one to ask, so they're just wasting away on Google searches you'll forget about
0: in an hour or so? We had that same problem and that's how we created the RD to be podcast, a resource for dietetic and nutrition students looking for answers that their peers don't have. For your
1: students Macy and Emily and Registered Dietitian Carl Barnes. We engage in conversations and learn from
0: RDS. Join us weekly as we gain insight into the unique journeys of Registered Dietitians all over the country. Welcome back to the RD2B podcast. I'm your Registered Dietitian host, Carl Barnes. This is our weekly podcast where we sit down with the different Registered Dietitian nutritionists each week to highlight and showcase the diversity of opportunity in the profession really dismantle this notion that there is a traditional career path and open uh, the eyes of, reg- of RD to Bs to the opportunities that await them. So this week, we're really excited to be sitting down with Matthew Landry, PhD. Um, He's a health promotion researcher and dietitian at the Stanford Prevention Research Center. Really excited to get into this interview.
1: So could you give us a little background on your dietetic journey and like what made you want to become a dietitian and what you're currently doing now?
0: Sure. Um, so I grew up in what I kind of consider the soul food capital of America, um, South Louisiana. So I think my interest in nutrition is rooted in a love of food, um, that's kind of been installed in me by my family. Um, so I, I think eating is universal and it helps unite us regardless of ethnicity, religion, social class. We can all kind of agree that a delicious and rejuvenating meal brings like real joy in our lives. Um, I originally wanted to go to med school. um, But like many people, I soon discovered that the medical care system isn't as great as we want it to be. Um, I really wanted more time um, working with individuals. And I especially cared about minority and low-resource communities. And a a five-minute kind of office visit with them wasn't going to get past all the the real needs that they they had. I went into undergrad um, as a nutrition major, kind of by chance Um, at I went to Louisiana State University for undergrad and the Department of Nutrition is in the College of Agriculture. And we actually had a recruiter from the College of Ag come to my high school. I'm from a a rural parish in southern Louisiana. Um, So they were really trying to push students to go there. Um, And they said, oh, nutrition could be a major that you can use to get into med school. And I was like, okay, perfect. That sounds more interesting than just playing by all of your chemistry. Um, and sure enough, it was. Um, I loved all my nutrition classes and then hated all of my kind of pre med, organic chemistry, physics, stuff like that. Um, so I fell in love with nutrition from right from the beginning, um, and I've stayed with it. Um, When I got to the very end of undergrad, I had kind of had to make a decision what I was gonna do next. And for me, the next kind of best step was um, going on to grad school to continue my education in nutrition. Um, While I was an undergrad, I I worked on an undergraduate research project and that kind of helped fuel my interest in research and kind of unpacking all the different social determinants of health um, and how those play into the foods that we eat. Um, So then I went to grad school and got my PhD in nutritional sciences from the University of Texas at Austin. Um, And then even when I was in grad school, I had a degree in nutrition, I was getting another degree in nutrition, and I still didn't feel like I was getting the full complete picture. Um, I really felt that the experiences that you get as a dietetic intern and as a registered dietitian was the the link that I was missing. So after finishing my PhD, a little bit unusual from most people is that I actually then did my dietetic internship, um, which was again, an extremely valuable experience um, that I'm super happy um, that I did. Um, So I also did that at the University of Texas um, and uh, I finished that in 2020. Um, So a little bit impacted by the pandemic, one of the first cohorts to be impacted. Um, And since then, um, I've moved back into academia where I um, do research and I also teach at Stanford University. Um, And I still utilize so many skills that I learned um, when becoming a dietitian.
1: Awesome. And that definitely sounds like a very academic but also untrad- yet untraditional way that most people become a dietitian because of course aside from the 2024 changes most people do dpd di rd exam and then sit for it and so specifically like after you completed your dpd program you jumped right into not only grad school with a master's degree but with a doctorate degree so what made you decide to kind of not skip a master's degree, of course, but what made you decide to just jump right into a PhD? Because that's definitely a big investment.
0: Right. Um, So at the time, I really felt that I loved um, research and I also enjoyed teaching. So I figured if I ever got burnt out on research, I felt that I could fall back on teaching um, and to go back to a university and teach undergraduate students um, about nutrition. Um, So, that kind of just worked out for me. And that was my real impetus. Um, going back now, I kind of wish I would have gotten, you know, maybe a master's in something else, maybe a master's in public health, um, just to kind of diversify the skill set a little bit. But um, ultimately, I think that the kind of decision to jump straight into a doctoral program worked out for me.
1: Awesome. And when you decided to pursue a dietetic internship, uh, do you kind of to remember when you had that moment that you were like, okay, I'm going to become a registered dietitian. I'm going to go for that dietetic internship. And also, given that you had your PhD, how did you do the bridge towards that dietetic internship?
0: Yeah. Um, so I think I discovered that I was missing that, that skill set or wanting that skill set um, within my first semester of graduate school. I had instructors, that were RDs um, and then I saw them certainly around the department um, and very quickly I realized that I was interested in public health nutrition and that was very um, community forward um, and I just felt that the skill set was needed so during my doctoral program I was really honest with my advisors that I wanted that skill set so I TA'd classes that were Really dietetics focus to make sure that I was staying up to date with like m um, and and more kind of like food service um, to make that bridge a little bit easier so that after, you know, four years of intense research that I was able to kind of go back to those kind of classes that I took in undergrad.
1: Awesome, and so you've been talking a lot about like nutrition policy, public health, and kind of community-based. And so, when you were doing your undergrad degree and also your graduate degree, what made you gravitate towards that niche of dietetics?
0: Right. Um, So for me, I think nutrition policy is so important, and that no matter what aspect of um, dietetics you go into, whether it's clinical, food service, community, you name it policy is a big part of that. It dictates our scope of practice. It dictates um, what gets covered under um, kind of insurance and reimbursement. It matters about the foods that that, um, low-income families get to eat in public health settings. It matters what foods are served within schools. So um, no matter what you do, um, you know, policy comes back to it. Um, And, you know, I, I kind of, subscribe to the um, kind of saying that the um, squeaky wheel is the one that gets fixed. Um, so I think whenever you have that knowledge and that expertise um, that you're able to speak up, especially for those that don't have as lot of a platform um, or voice. Um, so that's why I personally kind of gravitated towards nutrition policy.
1: And I think that's a great uh, niche to actually kind of gravitate towards. And- For you personally, do you believe that enough nutrition students, enough people in the dietetics profession, do you believe it's being represented enough when it comes to policy?
0: Yeah, um, I think that's certainly one area that should be further expanded. Um, I know I didn't catch a lot of the nuances of how policy fit in. Um, I just felt, especially as probably an undergrad, that it was so far removed from what we did and I didn't see the connections to how it would regulate, you know, what I could and couldn't do as an RD. Um, I, I didn't. Sure, I knew, you know, that policy impacted the dietary guidelines or what SNAP participants, you know, got to um, spend their um, EBT, their money on their EBT cards with. But um, it wasn't to the extent that um, I, I know now that nutrition plays, Nutrition policy plays.
1: And so for current nutrition students, I mean, with the knowledge that you have now with both, you know, your undergraduate degree, your uh, graduate degree, and also what you're currently doing now with community and policy, what do you, what do you wish you knew as a nutrition student when it came to policy and public health that you think, like with the RDWs currently out here watching, what they could possibly do now?
0: Right. Right. I think the biggest thing is that realizing that policy happens at multiple different levels. Um, We hear on the news that it happens at the federal level um, and that's what we mostly kind of tune into. We maybe catch sometimes stuff that happens at the state level, but um, we oftentimes forget that there's so much policy that goes on at our local levels, our town levels or county, whatever it may be. And that's a great place for you to also um, kind of make your mark um, share your experiences and your stories. Um, just on the local level, an example is that they said zoning laws and that matters where stores get to pop up. So that impacts a person's um, access to nutritious foods. Um, we know that matters. Um, so that's something that maybe you work in these communities and you can go up to your city council and advocate for changing those policies so that people do have access to that.
1: Awesome. And I think it's really great too that you're connected to such a prestigious university like Stanford, that you're able to, and also as a teacher and professor, like teach these students these important aspects that you think aren't really highlighted in undergraduate courses and like degrees in general. And so you talked about how your undergraduate degree was mainly in like Louisiana, kind of like that southern part of the state. And you've found yourself, you know, trickled to Texas and now you're over to the West Coast in Stanford University. And so Um, with such a prestigious school like Stanford and how you started from Louisiana, moved yourself to Texas and all the way to there, what type of networking or like what type of, um, experiences did you have that helped you get from where you were in undergrad all the way to one of the most prestigious universities in the country?
0: Yeah. Um, so I think it's maybe twofold. So, um, my kind of two tips of advice for, Um, anyone. And it doesn't have to be that you go to a prestigious university, because I think you can really, you know, make your mark anywhere that you you go. Um, Number one, um, to never sell yourself short. I see that unfortunately happening so often with dietitians that we just don't think that we're quite good enough. It's that imposter syndrome um, that often occurs where we feel like we don't belong or or we got lucky, and that's why we're fitting in in certain, or getting certain accomplishments, but that's all in our heads, uh, honestly. I encourage any of the mentees that I have to apply for any and everything that comes across, um, and it's an award or something like that, but that's an, an extra line on your CV, and then the next time you have to pass along your CV, TV for another award they'll see oh they got that award so it's this trickle effect that I I think um, certainly helps me jump from place to place that I was applying for any and everything it didn't matter if I thought I was the very best and I could have been maybe the only person that applied you never know Um, and maybe kind of got lucky in that way but I still had my own merits and things like that um, that I brought to the table I think the second thing is definitely having that network. Um, it's, dietetics is still a pretty small world. Uh, um, so who you know can sometimes help land you a job or an internship. Um, but I think the biggest thing, um, even more important than that is having meaningful networks. So it's not just the number of people that you're connected to on LinkedIn, but those meaningful connections that you have. Um, so with my students, I always encourage them to have honest and open conversations with faculty members to visit them in their office hours and ask for their opinion on your future plans. Let them know where you're applying months before you are um, and let them give you some pointers and tips and things like that and not just use office hours and things like that to um, go talk about an exam or an assignment or um, pop up One month before an application's due, let them know your plans. I I think what helped me really get to some of the places that I've been is that I had mentors who were absolute cheerleaders for me. So I had good relationships where they poured probably a lot of time and effort into letters of recommendation for me because they knew me and they knew my interests. They knew what I wanted to do, even outside of academia. So they were able to write those really personal letters to tell my story um, from their own perspectives. And I I certainly think that helped.
1: I think those are two awesome tidbits of information, especially distinguishing, like when people think of networking, they just see a broad thing. I think what they imagine is LinkedIn, where you know, you just click connect with every single like dietitian or something that you see, but like focusing and narrowing in on those meaningful connections, Those will take you farther than anything else for sure. And what you mentioned too about applying to anything and everything that you come across, one thing that I thought about with one of my experiences is I definitely had that mindset where I just applied with like to everything and every single thing that I saw. But there was a moment in my life, I want to say last semester, where I was just incredibly overwhelmed with all that I applied for. And so, um, do you believe that there's a happy medium towards, you know, like if you do get accepted for all these? these things how that's great but once people reach that how do you believe like nutrition students should balance that if they're met with so many opportunities
0: right that that, that's a great point to make so I want to maybe just clarify that apply for any and everything that's things like awards that's like a you fill out an application and kind of submit it off Um, when it comes to like volunteer opportunities where it takes multiple hours or it occurs on multiple occasions and things like that making a real time commitment of yourself, I think you have to really do be judicious about that. Um, I, I think, especially as dietetic students, we know kind of the steps and almost the checklist to get into an internship or get that job. Oh, you have to have good grades. Oh, you have to have so many hours of community service. Oh, you have to dietetic association. And it, it, it gets almost like a checklist of to do things. Um, And in that sense, you you can definitely find yourself just signing up for everything and completely exhausting and burning out for yourself. Um, So I kind of push back against that kind of mindset and say, you almost have to do um, the Marie Kondo of like, what sparks joy in you? You know, it's not that you just that you want to become a dietitian and you have to follow the steps, but why do you want to be a dietitian? And what are the activities that really help get you there, but also bring you joy and then um, kind of excitement to be able to be, to do them?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I definitely believe like if you're doing a volunteer opportunity or you're doing a specific job, I feel like there's a lot of people who don't feel like, who aren't doing it because of joy aspect, but they're doing it because they feel like, okay, check off that list. And while that's a great thing to incorporate when going for those opportunities, it's also great to balance it with, okay, I actually don't hate life all the time. And it's nice to enjoy the work and volunteer that I'm doing. And so I think with the work that you're doing, you know, you're doing what you want to do with nutrition policy, with community and with public health. And so do you see yourself doing this um, avenue of of dietetics, like a good chunk of your career or are you interested?
0: Yeah, um, I think right now for the foreseeable future, I plan on staying in academia, um, doing teaching research and then kind of the service on the side where, um, but with nutrition policy. Um, But I think one of the exciting things about, about dietetics is it's not very stagnant. It's constantly changing and evolving as our healthcare system evolves, as you have a greater focus on sustainability on a kind of a global scale. Um, so I think the role of an RD is definitely gonna change. And, you know, um, so for the moment, I see myself certainly staying in academia, but you never know kind of what the future will hold or what new opportunities will come along.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing too, is just being open to yep. whatever comes to you because I mean, of course, while you focus on, you know, community, nutrition policy, public health, all that, you might see an awesome opportunity that might merge that with another avenue. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I never thought that this could possibly happen. And then with the whole networking or, you know, like you might find or know someone who is in that avenue and then getting like tidbits from them to see, hey, would this work for me? And then with those experiences and job opportunities that we were Uh, talking about before that nutrition students could possibly take do you think that when it comes to an undergrad student aside from checking stuff off the box to get into the dietetic internship or getting into grad school do you think that there is like a not universal but just an experience or job or volunteer opportunity that all nutrition undergrad students should at least have exposure towards
0: yeah um Normally, I like to say, tell students to experiment with a lot lot of different things. Um, And you might go into a a particular area um, thinking you're going to love it and then end up hating it. Um, I'll be honest. I I did a sports nutrition internship with LSU Athletics when I was an undergrad. I was super pumped um, that I got the opportunity. And to be honest, that it wasn't my flow. Um, I did not enjoy it all that much so even though i was super pumped to explore that area of like sports um dietetics it wasn't for me and i'm glad i had that experience um so i normally tell folks to dabble around in different ones and discover what you like what are the aspects about it um because and take that kind of message with but with that I, i think one opportunity that i think is important for everyone Um, is that we always come into dietetics with our own lived experiences. Um, We grew up in certain communities. uh, We had certain privileges growing up. Um, So whatever your background is, I encourage you to go into at least one opportunity that really exposes you to how someone I think that kind of comes in the place of like a community nutrition kind of setting, but it could take a variety of different roles where... You just experience a di- how a different culture lives, or how um, someone else that has a different lived experience and how that impacts their food choices, their food behaviors, or their overall kind of health and well being. Because I think taking that experience with you into dietetics and understanding that people go about the world in very different ways. Um, and unfortunately, we're not all, um, ha- we don't all have the same lived experiences and coming into kind of, life with the same privileges is a very important thing to um, always have in the back of your head. Mm -hmm.
1: And what I'm thinking about is kind of what made you interested in dietetics is the personable aspect of like connecting with people is if you know their background and you know just a little tidbit of what they're possibly going through that just makes an even additional layer towards getting to know them. And I think that's a thing that a lot of nutrition students are looking forward to towards becoming a registered dietitian. Right. Because, I do, because I have heard from people before say, oh yeah, I was going to go to med school, but then uh, of course you're gonna see like 10 patients a day for five right. minutes and then, okay, you have an hour of your people time. Now you spend the rest of it at a computer. Yep. But yeah, being a registered dietitian, it definitely has that privilege of you get to know people And I think definitely what you said with knowing their background, I think that's something that us as aspiring registered dietitians should definitely take into account for getting to know them. And so um, what would you say with your experience as a registered dietitian, whether it was uh, when you were a student or when you are in grad school, dietetic internship, all across the board, has there been a very, like, or the most rewarding experience you've had or just one that you can remember prominently?
0: Um, I think the one that kind of comes to me most immediately actually just recently happened. So in the fall, I taught a class um, at Stanford on hunger and food insecurity. Um, We covered a number of topics from international all the way to kind of local food insecurity. Um, And I thought the students really enjoyed it. Um, but it wasn't until real recently where one of my students who ended up being a student athlete and is um, the team captain for the women's basketball team here at Stanford came and said, you know, your talk on college food insecurity really um, was eye-opening to me. I didn't realize that in some cases, one in three college students could be food insecure, Um, and she's like, I want to make a difference, so I talked with my team, and at one of our next games, we're gonna work with the local food pantry and raise money and awareness for food insecurity. And I was just kind of blown away because I never expected that. Um, But a class that I taught um, talking about a topic um, really helped open someone's eyes to a different kind of um, experience that some of their colleagues on campus and peers um, were experiencing um, was super eye-opening. so we just recently had that game and we raised um, uh, over, I think $2,500 um, for the second harvest food bank here in the Bay area. Um, and you know, for me, I, I think that's a happy story all around, so.
1: Yeah, and that's awesome because I think again, tying back into the connection that you get with not only patients, but also with you with students. You really don't know what you can do with the profession until you do something about it. Because honestly, I do feel like, especially when it comes to nutrition policy, public health, all that jazz, like what you said, a lot of people think, oh, it happened to the federal government. I got nothing to do with that. I'm just here. I just work here. You know, they kind of have that type of mindset. And so I think that's an awesome testament to whether you're a student athlete, you're a professor or an instructor or any avenue of dietetics we can do something yeah. especially mm-hmm. no matter how tiny it is yeah do mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. and so thank you so much for just taking time out of your day to talk with us and yeah just i hope that was an awesome tidbit of information about hey you can do something with nutrition policy and we'll see you next week
0: yeah have me